This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of No Friends. Oh, oh, no Friends. Oh, oh, oh. No oh, Friends. I know we've made jokes about me for the past five minutes, but I have friends. <laughs> yeah, we know. Come you on. Too many Wait, friends. Is it because you were talking to the to landing? That's, like, That's what I'm saying, another dude. Freudian slip? I don't know where that was going. Because you were thinking of my podcast, so no you combine jumper. the names. You're, you're actually oh, right, yeah. right? That's, you're right. That's I mean, what I assume. so in my head. Wow. This is the first time I've seen Berkey nervous, I know. That was really a thing. Very special podcast today. Joined <laughs> by a very special guest, friend of the poker world, a podcaster himself with over 4.5 million followers on YouTube. Adam 22, host of the No Jumper podcast. Thanks for being here. Clap Hello, up. Berkey. Thank you, everybody, for having me. <laughs> We appreciate you. What are you in town for? I'm doing uh, Graham Stephens' podcast tomorrow. So I figured, you know, I've been watching a bunch of you guys' shit. I like the daily podcast, so I figured I would uh, tap in. I've been uh, doing some investing and some coaching with Landon as well, trying to get his game together. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, you've been coaching him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got some spots. So I've been helping him with. Yeah, we, I, I got we. Yeah, we cashed a 25k in Florida. That's good. Yeah. Did. <laughs> that was exciting. Yeah. You I didn't really coach? even tell anyone because I didn't think any of my friends would understand. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have friends. I have no friends, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you launch like your podcast? Said. What do yeah, you launch your podcast? For, for the intro, Matt's just Landon sitting there. Just like, launches a rival podcast. No friends. no friends. It's just him sitting in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Twitch streaming tournaments is. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, just, up, it's just you and the people. Matt's just doing the intro like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Welcome to No Friends Podcast. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Welcome to No Friends. <laughs> Did you see a guy stream a thousand hours in 75 days? I saw that, yeah. That's sick. No, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it was an ACR guy. On ACR. Ooh. Some How? random guy who his total profit was like $4,200. Which... Oh no. What stakes was it? That's not a good hour. Pretty, pretty low, I think. Low 30, you, no, my guys... man made $4 an hour. $4.20. <laughs> hey, $4.20. Uh, $4.20. He said he got multiple ear infections during it. Jesus, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. What did he do tough. this for? Was he getting it paid at the end? He just wanted did to prove he could do it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> are, are you guys familiar with uh, Arlie? Sh is it Shaban? Shaban? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember his backstory of how he got signed by Stars? No. So he streamed for I think. Oh man, Andre, you might know. Was it seventy-five days straight? I think it was. So something insane. He put in like roughly a thousand hours, give or take, uh, something similar to this, over the course of like two and a half or three and a half months, wow. and was just in there day in day out, slaving ten hours a day, really getting after it. And Stars rewarded him after the fact with like this big celebration. Uh, I, I think it might have been a thousand hours because it was some milestone. And when he crossed it, uh, they have those like treasure chest or something like that. And he like opens it and it's this big congratulatory thing like on his stream ended up blowing up shortly thereafter he gets signed to the stream team what the so, fuck he's he kind of like him and jamie staples both kind of like just created hours? a career that's pretty Bellagio better now. do that shit to me bellagio team pro just like bellagio team pro the yeah. B. Yeah. you get a b on the, on the chest right? yeah. Yeah. that would be a fucking scarlet letter in a live poker room man. yeah that's probably true like no seat no seat wait what 
No seat for the Bellagio. No yet. seats. <laughs> it might be it might be worse if you're a Bellagio like enthusiast. Because yeah, they're kind of like, oh man, this guy you plays wanna, a lot. You want to do like um, South Point or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck, you shoot me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, South okay, Point. Well, sure. <laughs> okay, well, our fucking South Point sponsorship. You know, we're not really in the position to just be alienating people at this point. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, would you rather have the South Point Pro sit down or the Bellagio Pro? No, no, I'm, I'm with you. you know? I, I'm with you. I mean, we should be, you know, extending our graces to all properties. South Point, if you're out there, you know, hit us up. We, I we heard got the food space. is nice. <laughs> you, there's no saving this, dude. The food is nice. I am who I am, all right? I'm not gonna lie you. Oh, Christ. All right, let's, let's... Let's get to the shit, Yeah, man. let's let's talk about you, shall we? Sure. Seems like a good place to start. You know, we can do that and find some other Why stuff. Why do you hate 6 9 <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I actually thought about that too. I'm like, they're gonna ask me about six nine because they know it's good clickbait. That's <laughs> great. Game uh, recognized game, you know. Dude, yeah. if I, I, I mean, the whole story of him and me is like kind of crazy because he was just doing all this weird ass shit to get around me, like in the very early days of his career before anybody knew him. Then he begged me to do the interview. I finally did the interview. This is like 2017, 2018. He blows the fuck up after that. And like, we just did not stay in touch. I just kind of like, you know, I, I was fucking with the music to be honest, but then the whole Fed case thing happened, whatever. I interviewed like the, the dudes that he used to be in this gang with. I interviewed his baby mama a couple of times. So like, right. we got a lot of views like while he was locked up. And then, you know, he's just been striving for some kind of relevancy. So, you know, we sort of got into it a little bit today, you know, but it's not too serious. Man. I can't wait till I have a notable beef. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what it's all about. You've I mean, had your notable yeah, beef. He's six-nine beef with everybody. Like, he's six-nine beef with everybody. Yeah, like, that's true. That's he's like, he just told 42 Dub to come meet him somewhere on Instagram today. <laughs> I know, and he didn't do that about me. He commented on the no jumper comment section like he was on there, which does not expose me or the brand to any of his followers, right. which is smart on his part. But, you know, what can you do? He kind of did the sneaky way. Yeah, exactly. The way that doesn't really like draw that yeah. much attention. Yeah. It's only people who are already in the conversation That's get to bullshit. find out about it. Yeah. All right, what can you do? Well, All right, fill, fill, fill us in a little way. bit. Like this, the six nine drama, I'm a little caught up on because it's a lot more relevant. But like, how the fuck did you go from like, like we're roughly the same age? So you're coming from like this BMX culture mm -hmm. in the Northeast, mm -hmm. where like. You know, it's as whitewashed as you could possibly imagine. Yes. All the way now to the No Jumper podcast, which is pretty deeply rooted in hip hop culture. Right. Uh, very West Coast, as far as like I can tell from the outside looking in. Like, walk us through that journey. So, like, 2003, I moved to New York City because I wanted to be a BMX filmer, and I had some money saved up from like credit card scamming and shit. So, I was <laughs> <laughs> have you met my man Conrad? You too. Right. He, he wishes. So I, I moved to New York and I started filming BMX for like a couple weeks and I fucking twist my back, fuck something up in my back where all of a sudden I can't do shit. So I had been very interested in poker. I had read a Phil Hellmuth book. I figured I'm going to deposit $250 in a pokerroom.com, which I don't know if anybody remembers on it. spent time there. I yeah. was five. I, I affiliated <laughs> for like literally everything. I, I like the software for. so much that then when I played on Party and Stars afterwards, it was like hard for me to get into it because I like the poker room software so much. But that, that I did for like maybe three years. I was actually doing pretty well there for a while, even though like in retrospect, I have no idea where I would have fit in terms of skill you know because like nobody like in retrospect it just feels like 
I didn't take getting getting better at poker seriously, but in retrospect, like I don't know if many people. It were. was also 2003. Like, you know, like there was what, no getting better. Yeah, it was hard to get better, and it was hard to know if you were better, or whatever. But like, uh, so, but during all that time playing poker, like eight hours a day and shit. I started, you know, just really paying attention to the blog world and I'm looking at all these rap blogs that are popping off uh, 2005, 2006. And it kind of just occurs to me, like, I know everything about BMX. I could start a blog about this shit. That basically like takes over my whole life. I start running ads on it. I quit playing poker within like a year doing that. And then just start making videos, doing the whole BMX thing. I moved to California in 2010. Within like a, a six months of moving to California, it just kind of like dawns on me, like social media is everything. Uh, this blog shit is not made to last. Like I just need to build my YouTube presence and Twitter and all this shit. And uh, started doing a BMX podcast uh, where I was interviewing all these company owners and stuff like that. But at the same time, like the ceiling, like really, it's like a small world. It's kind of like poker where right. you do content, everybody in your little bubble <laughs> loves it, but then very few people outside of that get exposed to it. There was one rapper that we were kicking it with because he was always hanging out at this bike shop that I owned at the time. I opened a bike shop downtown LA in like 2014. And uh, I did an interview with him. He's like an underground rapper, but it's still got like, you know, probably five times as many views as any of the BMX interviews I was doing. And I wasn't really planning on doubling down on it, but then all of a sudden I start having like other cool underground rappers kind of hitting me up, wanting me to do their first interview. and. I didn't really realize it, but I was kind of right in the middle of like the SoundCloud rap wave mm -hmm. where XXXTentacion hits me up. He wants me to Damn. do an interview with him. That's strong. I did that one and just that, that changed everything yeah. because mm -hmm. his career just skyrocketed yeah. after that interview. To this day, it has like 20 million views. I think it's it's not, I actually checked, it's not the number one most viewed rap interview of all time. I think it's number three. People probably went back though, like after he, after oh, he passed, still, yeah. I'm after still, he passed away, like they probably oh, yeah. went back for that. It's, for it's that sad talk. to say, but the day that he passed away was the most views we ever got That's on a YouTube saying. channel. Yeah, it's like yeah. this insane spike when you look right. at this graph of our time, whatever. And uh, yeah, that, that made everything go crazy. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I was just, I don't know. This was like 2017, 2018? Yeah, I think I interviewed him in 2016, 2016. and it just kind of exploded from there. And I was I was filming the podcast on my iPhone. I had like a mixer and everything to record the audio, and I was just editing it myself, and I was just super passionate about it and just was like grinding out like, you know, five interviews a week, just yeah. go home, study, study these rappers I was interviewing because I still had so much to <clears throat> learn. I was like a lifelong rap fan, but not taking it serious necessarily enough to know everything right and then yeah i've basically just been trying to put the pieces together and make it work since then and like the brand has kind of developed in a lot of ways we have a bunch of different people doing podcasts under the same umbrella uh yeah that's the that's the, the very brief version so kind yeah. of it just transitioned based off of the amount of exposure that your first rap interview kind of got like yeah, from just, the BMX to rap and oh, then... All right, so rewinding again to 2005 or 2006 when I started the BMX blog, it was like, I also was super into rap at that time, yeah. but my mentality was like, why the fuck would anybody want to read my thoughts about rap? You know, I know everything <laughs> about BMX, I'll just stick to this. By the time you get to like 2015, 16, like I had less of that idea. You know, it kind of become clear to me that you could just be a bit of a rube on YouTube and that's not really going to hurt you that much. Like people will kind of almost relate to you more if you're a little bit more like them. Right. Um, <laughs> and around that time, I, I, it wasn't like 
I didn't have that many people who were showing me that I could do this at the time, but then pretty soon after I started to see just white kids or you know anyone just starting YouTube channels having opinions about rap music. And then right. now it seems much more approachable. Like I see people starting channels doing content like that all the time, but I was like way too intimidated back in the day to like really dip my toe in there. Although if I had, I always think about like if, if somebody had thought of like podcasting in like the VHS era. Right. You know, you would have been able to sell a fucking hour-long VHS tape interview with Matt Berkey. It might have seemed kind of weird, but you know, no, like, was, people would have would have talk shows into super it, but nobody thought of it back then. then. Yeah, yeah. Think about like daytime talk shows and how popular they were, and how trashy that fucking TV was. Right. Sally Jesse Raphael and like all that nonsense. Maury Povich. Yeah. So it's like, like whenever you. Nah, you even lost me there, bro. Sorry, Jerry Springer. Yeah. I was gonna say you picked me back up and more. I mean, Jerry Springer was like the lowest of low trailer trash type of TV, but there was like higher brow like uh you know the Mori povich was always he's not the father he is the father they, they always did these big reveals yeah um but like yeah it, it all fell in the same format of like a podcast right? right they were just a lot more exploitative on the guest because there were no names mm -hmm. so they had to have some shtick behind it uh well but, they used to take the fucking clansmen and like random black guys yeah. and put them oh on stage God. together yeah. and, like skinheads and like old jewish yeah. ladies on stage together <laughs> like yeah. they stopped doing it at a certain point but that is actually the, the craziest clickbait. thing i can think of to do on camera <laughs> this yeah. is like this is like the original clickbait that they would just be like, the origin of clickbait yeah effectively they'd run these like 10 second commercials like today on maury yeah and it's just like race war and they punch <laughs> each other in the yeah. face yeah. like they're actually assaulting each other yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the crazy part. Wow, dude. Like, yeah. fights did break out, and they were not fake. Yeah. No, like, a lot well, of the pop security, culture was framed by this. The security yeah. guard of Jerry Springer got his own show. He got his own <laughs> show. <laughs> Dr. Phil, who was a member of the Oprah it's Winfrey nuts. show, got yeah. his own show. And it's who then later creates cute. Bad Barbie. <laughs> Just from a stupid yeah. catchphrase, bad right? Baby. Like, pop culture is so bad. Bad Barbie. Bad Barbie. No, we all thought it was that at first when we seen that weird ass spelling. What the hell is it? It's Bad Baby. Baby, baby. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. B-H-A-B-I-E. Get the fuck out of here. Listen, man, it just sounds like I really missed out on like the good days of television no, and content. No, 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 absolutely. One of, one of the worst aspects of like missing school was being forced to watch daytime TV. It was Damn. like absolutely one of I the most. I take that back. Yeah. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but when you see some of that shit now, it really seems incredible. Like, I, <laughs> I might go back and watch it's some. Kind of, it's insane. It's kind of like the vault. Like you're never going to get the... the the rate the race wars anymore that's not going to show up on that's the part you like kind of put an end to well, no, I, I want to see i want to see some things i'll never I'm see sure before that, i'm sure that, like you could just well Google. i mean CNN, <laughs> cnn could probably get like the most views they would get this month if they did like if they got some Klansmen and some random black guy to scream at each other. <laughs> but it's like society CNN has kind of decided that we, CNN we can't yeah. platform these people, right? Which makes sense. Like, I yeah. mean, during BLM, like, they probably weren't that far off, you know? Sure. It was just like, let's get a hardcore Republican and somebody who's a part of the movement and see what happens whenever they interview the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, they do that shit every day. Put a Republican and Democrat on television. Yeah, but and they won't like, put hey. a Klan leader. Yeah, that's not the <laughs> same as putting a Klansman on TV. <laughs> I don't know, man. David Duke almost got fucking voted into office. That's we're, true. We're weird times. Weird times. Uh, so you kind of spoke about like being a little intimidated to dip your toe into the culture, and that, that makes a little bit of sense. I would say basically the majority of your success now is the fact that you are pretty accredited mm. uh, when it comes to like the rap culture. Where do you think that transition like came from? I really just like burrowed into it and just 
kept my head down and just started grinding like just I was I was really like treating the podcast as kind of like this so social networking game like literally social networking not social networking apps or whatever like I remember uh just for a good example, there's this rapper Gangsta Boo, who's a, a part of Three Six Mafia, is a super legendary rap group. She's not, she hasn't even been cool with like the the big rappers from that for years. But I saw that she was having a birthday party at this bar, so I go to the bar and I take a photo with her and post it so that I could tag her, so that I have an open DM with her, so that I can wow. ask Why her if she'll like do it? my podcast. And like, I was just like really playing this game yeah, of like yeah, how yeah. I can sort of like yeah. rise up this ladder and not to mention also like learn as much as I possibly can about everybody involved in that. But I also wasn't just doing rap, I was doing like a lot of YouTubers and other podcasters and porn stars. Like I just always, like when I started, I think Joe Rogan had like 400 episodes and I just figured like, if I can get to 400 episodes, I bet I'll be way better at this than I am right now. So yeah. I just kind of yeah. went crazy with it. And now he's at like 1900 or some shit. And I yeah. think I'm, I'm at at least a thousand. I've been meaning to count. But, See, yeah. that's why we're not going to make it. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. This man, that's wait, man. Make it to this man was hustling. Wait a minute. I got you. No, 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 Wait a minute. I thought hey, that we were going to make hold it. Hold on, time out, time out. Me and Conrad push this podcast wherever we go. What are you doing out in the street? Yeah, literally, you don't leave the house. You either. It's <laughs> just like, we love the podcast. Yeah. All the fucking Brits. We're out there meeting people. Yo, we go to the fucking them. coffee shop. Yeah, we go to the fucking fuck? Marshalls. Yeah. The, mar the girl the at Marshalls is watching this hey, podcast hey, right now. Hey, he's out there getting legendary rap groups with millions of followers to yeah. Don't talk to a rapper or something. Aren't you famous? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> famous guy. He's diversified. He's out but there talking. When I was YouTubers. playing two five at the win today, I didn't want to tell anybody I was going to solve for why because I didn't want them to start treating me different. <laughs> oh, they, they, they probably would have got more action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Conrad wears the patch and he gets tons of action. <laughs> well, where I was going with this was I could see this getting to 400 episodes. Oh, 400 and we, episodes. Yeah. yeah, and if we yeah, get to 400 episodes, we'd be we'd be pretty fucking good. Yeah, no, no, be quick. I think we can get to 400 episodes. Yeah. I don't think we can find somebody with 20 million followers to like like and tag us. No, but you that might happen. But we do have Adam. But my audience, I mean, here, here's no, a you fucking just topic. Put fuck 6ix9ine. My, my audience doesn't really transfer very well to, to the poker, poker thing, yeah. which is like a sad state of affairs for poker because my audience is very like young <clears> and, you know, just. It just seems like a big fucking cultural blind spot for a lot of people. But then meanwhile, the people who watch my shit who are 35, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Or yeah. They're the types who are more likely to play poker, which I think is like poker's biggest challenge. And obviously the legalization thing is pretty much the, the main you, answer. You but no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Do you, do you know what the biggest, uh, the, the biggest crowd or the, the, the main target audience for poker is like 40 year old mid, it's like midwest. it's late to, it's late late to early uh, sorry late 30s to early 40s right white male midwestern republican who voted for trump yeah we're that's not why. we're not hitting that target audience <laughs> that's why my, my twitch stream uploads on youtube get like 10k yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just like yeah the, the uh the younger generation like if they're into gambling, it's generally going to be something more aggressive, something faster. The something younger that doesn't generation take didn't grow up with poker commercials and exactly. stuff like that. So. Right. You did an interview with Helmuth, right? Mm -hmm. How'd that do in relation to <clears throat> everything It might have got like 120K, which is like, okay, but in comparison to Mickey getting like a couple say, million. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about your interview with Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey is a specimen. This is a fact. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I had the pleasure of playing with him. He is a very unique creature. 
to say the least. What? Uh, I, I guess oh give me your perspective because he's kind of more in your world than mine, as weird as that may sound. Right. I mean, my impression of him at first, and I kind of had to like apologize because he had reached out to a mutual friend before I even really knew that much about him. I was like, ask Adam if he wants to interview me. And I think my response to my friend was like, I just interviewed Phil Helmuth. I'm not interviewing this random fucking scammer. Yeah. <laughs> Which, even though we're cool now, I don't think is that unfair. Like, you know, <laughs> you're going around saying you could beat Baccarat and all this stuff. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, my reflexive instinct is just say, yeah, it's sure. a scam, you know? Like, yeah. and, uh, but then he kept going on Hustler and just like getting more and more attention. And eventually I kind of got more interest in him and I was like, all right, let's do this. And I mean, he held the interview down. He did a pretty good job of at least making me like, think maybe there's a chance that there's some truth to some of this stuff but you know I tried to ask him about poker and his strategy he said he was working on getting better which I mean I don't know if that's actually a real thing or not but yeah he's, he's I mean an interesting I don't think player. well I think that he's probably beating a lot of the games that he plays maybe not a lot but he's beating some of the games he plays mm -hmm. at least he's competitive um he's not going to get to the point where he's profitable in a open game or even in those hustler lineups but he's a gambler so like, that's kind of okay. Uh, what I find to be more fascinating, like having watched your interview and having watched another one that he did, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but effectively this guy did a deep dive on Mickey and kind of like came out and said like, these are all the reasons why he's a scammer. Mm. And then Mickey reached out to him and said like, why don't you just interview me? Spencer that Cornelia. Spencer, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spencer yeah. Cornelia. He does a bunch of deep dives um, on scamming shit. Really fascinating. Like he kind of swayed his opinion the other way. Right. I'm a little bit more of a skeptic uh, I just don't really buy into the idea of like taking negative EV, EV gambles mm. and finding a way to spin it positive. Right. But, you know, I believe that the guy is legit out there gambling. Right. Because, I mean, there's a bunch of people like <laughs> sure. I, I, I've had people ask me to do interviews who are just straight up like sports betting scammers and they live in Vegas. And that's their whole thing is that they just lie and just paint this picture of them as making all this money from sports betting. Then they whatever. sell their paid group. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the group that I put yeah. Mickey in. Whereas I think with Mickey, it's more like he does this crazy gambling to build this brand that who knows what he's planning on doing with right. it, which I respect, you know, like that. You know, if, if you're telling people like I'm selling picks on my website, that's kind of different. Whereas like, I don't see Mickey, like I, I haven't seen like the fans who are complaining about Mickey taking their fucking lunch money right. from them. Yeah, like I don't even know if it's a money thing, man. I think you might just be like leveraging it to get laid. Yeah, well the stories about his sex appetite on my podcast were like the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. So, and I know some crazy like- <laughs> I was about to say, was about to say like, you know, know coming shit. from you, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Bro, I, I mean, I never, he's saying like five, six girls, different hotel rooms, he has the whole floor of the hotel room booked. Yeah, I'm like, this doesn't like sound fun at rooms. <laughs> Like, like they're they're just like all in different rooms and he just like goes in one exits and goes into another yeah who are the women that are on board for this and why do you want to do this because i don't think sex is that fun that sounds miserable it's okay but you know we have our limits who, who hurt you <laughs> the law of diminishing returns kicks in pretty quickly with yeah. sex i feel like you know yeah I, I think that's true unless you're able to monetize it which, which is not, which I am. <laughs> which you are. Yeah. <laughs> Carries me into my next topic conversation. Wait, right. time out, time out. I want to ask, I want to ask them before we get into the like fucking and shit. Um, <laughs> fucking shit. What, what's like the, like, where do you see like your difference between you and like Vlad TV? Cause, because like, I feel like you, like your rep is like one where people like give you cred and like the rep for Vlad in the hip hop industry is like people don't fuck with him. It's weird because Vlad, like he, he, I feel like he's the most 
misrepresented like unfairly treated person in rap because I look up to him so much he's always been he guided me into this game like he came and fucking picked me up in his Tesla and took me to the mall and we ate Chinese food one time and just let me pick his brain and I just found I, I learned so much from talking to him because he starts telling me like He's like, bro, I fucking interviewed uh, Cardi B before she was shit. He starts telling me all these interviews that he did so long ago. He interviewed Tupac's rape accuser, yeah. which to a lot of people wow. might sound kind of like sketchy or whatever, but I think that's an important historical document. You know, people mm -hmm. are going to be talking about Tupac for hundreds of years. Yeah, like that's mid-90s, man. Yeah. Early so, 90s. I mean, he just kind of like made me realize the, the real value of content early on, which I would say <laughs> that even now, still to this day, like every hour of content I film is worth so much more to me at this point than it was even a couple of years ago in the sense that I, I know way more ways to make money off it. And I would assume that that's only going to increase from here and probably not ever go down. Um, but with Vlad, I mean, he, I think he gets that reputation because he was the first person to popularize doing clips of mm. people talking and titling it super accurately, which I have that problem all the time where I'll put out a clip, it's titled accurately, and then people get mad and I say, how are you going to go on a podcast and then get mad at me for describing the thing that you said right. in the podcast? Mm -hmm. But he, you know, a lot of people just take these fucking lumps when you're the first one through the wall, you know? So like now True. so much of what he did was considered like totally fucking insane. But now in the age of TikTok, it's like, yes, of course. Right. If you do an hour long podcast, you need to find the best five minute clip or the best one minute clip and highlight that. And, uh, you know, he, he has got a lot of shit for kind of like doing like interviews where he's very much asking people with a criminal background right. or like you i mean he's told me though that he he will call the fucking police department to find out or the, the the county clerk or whatever it is to find out if this is an open case like if it would be irresponsible for him to ask somebody about a yeah. violent crime or whatever and so that he has like extra assurance that he's not getting anyone in trouble like I, but i do think that stylistically the big difference between us is that like I always use uh, Kamaya as an example because he did an interview with her that was like really good, like really going into all these different controversies that she had been a part of that I thought were really, like it was just great questions. He got all the answers out of her. And then I ended up doing an interview with like six months later and she and I was worried that it was going to be a fucking, you know, I always say people who just redo other people's interviews right. is like a fucking cover band thing. Yeah. And I don't want to ever be just doing like boring generic content like that. But I got like such a different vibe from her and she was like really telling me like intimate shit about her life and who she is as a person. And I feel like that's really my goal is just to make the conversation seem as comfortable and laid back. And I think I realized like really early on that if you just let people like smoke cigarettes and smoke weed and drink <laughs> and whatever, that that alone will like make them so much more comfortable, even though I don't think she did any of that. But that's, that's how I try to approach it is I just want to I, I do want to get to the clickbait stuff if possible, but I really want to just have like the most open, yeah, real it's like an open conversation dialogue possible, conversation type you know? thing. How long ago was uh, this? I guess your first interaction with Vlad versus now. Like, how long ago was that? Like, Probably when he picked up the Tesla and went to go four or five, he, yeah, four or five years ago. And what was your content like before that, and then after, if anything changed? I mean, it was very similar. He just kind of like made me realize like how important. It, it could be and I see that over and over and over because the X interview is a good example where it got millions of views while he was still alive and then he died and it just became this fucking insanely important historical document about yeah. his life you know and, and this yeah. insanely raw version of him when he was young and didn't have any sense about 
what you should or shouldn't talk about on a podcast, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the first thing that he that X did. He had never been on camera, and he, had, he it's it's weird when I look back at it because it's like my biggest success. Yeah. But then it's also, I mean. I probably wouldn't do that interview now. Like it was very, very small. It just right. seemed cool. And it, it was a weird thing too, where the numbers didn't seem that impressive, but I was just getting comments and comments just over and over and over. And he had such a weird name that it made me kind of pay attention to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you sometimes wonder though, if you're gonna like, like there's been so many shots that I missed, like so many interviews that I, if I had done it, it would have been insanely epic and I yeah. just didn't see the vision early on, but. That's always gonna happen though. And that's why I take as many shots as possible sort of now, investing you know? in your interviewers or interviewees your it is it's like miss? investing yeah. yeah who's your biggest miss you think <laughs> well i was on live stream we do the, this thing on live stream where people can donate like 100 bucks and we'll play your song and review it and the reality is that it's just like a bunch of guys smoking weed in a fucking warehouse and just talking shit and like <laughs> i saw meg the stallion on there like a couple years before she blew up and I don't know if she donated it or her manager or what but someone someone did i remember having the thought process of like yeah, like, you know, she's rapping all right, and she's pretty good looking, but my mind is so attuned to, like, be weary of stripper rappers because, I like, that's, like, every strip club in yeah. America. There's some drug dealer that finds the hottest girl in the strip club and says, I'm going to write these raps for you, and you're going to rap them, and you're going to be a big star. And, like, that warning bell was kind of yeah. going off in my head, which, in <laughs> oh, retrospect— That's how poker staking works. Huh? That's how poker staking works. <laughs> yeah. You just walk through the Bellagio and be like, ah, oh, there's the hottest girl in the— uh, I'm going to stake you. We're going to coach you up. Yeah. I'm sorry, Melissa. What is that? That's so rude. What does this say <laughs> that's about absolutely rude. I mean, you're here. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I'm yeah. still waiting for to get walk by of staking offers, though. Yeah, keep, offers keep waiting. Yeah, <laughs> go to the South Point. <laughs> no, you're protected now, is what I'm saying. Uh, you uh, have you uh, have the only friends. No, they That's just right. think that we're There's staking. No friend. Friend. Yeah, everyone that, thinks that. Yeah, I, even at one three, they're like, "Oh, so you're backed for this?" I'm like, "No." No, <laughs> the comments three hundred dollars. They're like, "Who's the chick and who's fucking her?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> I was just about to say." Jesus. I know. Why aren't any of you jumping on her right now? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I have a taser. No one jump on me, okay? No one jump on me. No jumping, yeah. No There's jumpers. a lot of people in poker that their uh, ability to talk to women could use some improvement. Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, uh, having grown up an athlete my whole life and like witnessing misogyny at like its rawest form, it doesn't even compare to poker mm. because this industry is intelligent. So, true, yeah. so when the misogyny like shines through, it's so much grimier and sleazy and disgusting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's people who have high intellect that are trying to like mask mm -hmm. like what pieces of shits they are based off of like some level of feeling empowered as you know, just being uh, a most rich white guy. Most of them are dumb with... as rocks. The, guys, the, the, the most of the guys of them are who dumb as fuck went in this very specific part of life that poker has not at all prepared you for. Yeah, yeah, you know? okay. yeah, yeah. The the EQ in this realm is not all that high. I, but I've had that on the hustler where people start trying to talk to me about porn, and there's like some fucking forty year old lady sitting next to me that like. It's just so obviously <laughs> not appropriate for you to be saying this to me yeah. in front of this. And really, like, with poker, I feel like you should be kind of careful about what you're talking about at the table in yeah. general because Absolutely. nobody at that table has consented to being a part of this conversation, right. you know? Right. Yeah. So, but a lot of people just clearly don't get that. So I give these sort of like weird shrug it off answers. Right. Especially you know? if they know you because they feel like it's like their one chance to say something slash have that conversation yeah. and just completely forget that other people exist. Yeah, Where it's yeah. like, oh, I have this really important question. I'm going to ask it to you and I don't care how uncomfortable it makes someone else feel.
across the table right <laughs> hey so what's it like doing porn yeah <laughs> she's like oh my sweet dears <laughs> my lord pearl clutchers yeah uh, pearl clutchers did you use a pump be, be, <laughs> Jesus before you actually answer the question of what it's like doing porn uh, you kind of mentioned something there that I thought was interesting where you, you were kind of saying that now you understand better ways to make money off of like anything that you do socially uh, and I think that social clout is very similar to acquiring wealth in a certain way mm. like as that follower count goes up as your platforms expand it almost becomes easier to get to the next big number right like same as as you accrue a hundred thousand a million's not that far away where zero to a hundred might have been like incredibly mm. difficult do you do you see that like or, or I, I guess let me reframe it uh do you think if you had to start again from scratch all of the same avenues to expand and scale would necessarily be available? Or do you think that it's largely a byproduct of like who you are at this point and the platform you've created? Well, it's weird because I, I feel like, I was thinking about this the other day, if I could go right now and talk to myself at like 18, I think I could explain to myself how to accomplish everything I've accomplished now in, in like a year. Right. You know, like I could <clears throat> tell myself everything I need to know, which is weird because a lot of that information was openly available at that time. I was just too young and stupid to figure out how to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, the, the being early on social media and stuff has been, I mean, that BMX website I, I started, if I had started it two years later, it wouldn't have mattered at all. Yeah. You know, because it, I was just first there. Like I, my, my BMX website was basically like responsible for causing all the BMX magazines to go out of business because we just did such a better job that they kind of like became irrelevant and they hang, they hung on for a while and tried to do their own websites and stuff and for the most part it just kind of didn't work out and even with rap it's the same thing like now i'm competing against like you know a rapper could go do an interview with nori who's like you know famous rapper like yeah. you know all, all these like huge names that have like really like earned their spot in hip-hop as a whole a lot more than me whereas i've kind of learned earned it just from podcasting and uh yeah i do i definitely spend a lot of time thinking about that but in general like i don't know i feel like if you're really good if your personality is that good and that's what i kind of wonder like is my personality that good or am or was i just early and like really thoughtful and like hard working at this but i mean that that kind of thought process is what leads me towards doing 10 podcasts in a week and shit like that where i just don't want to miss out on any of the opportunities you know yeah uh, is is that the area that you're like looking to scale the most or is like this new venture into OnlyFans and things of that nature kind of piquing your interest? Right now, I'm definitely just doing both to the max, but I'm kind of finally getting to the point where with the podcasting thing, it's like I need to, like even something like coming out here for a few days to do other people's podcasts, like that was really, really hard for me to justify to myself like a year or two ago because yeah. it was just like, I need to get every last dollar that I'm making from this thing. And now finally, like, I've been able to kind of like peek my head out a little bit more and be like, you know, like you're going to be fine. Like you really, like, yeah. <laughs> like if you make like, a, if you grind out all these interviews and you make an extra 20 K this month or this week or whatever, it's like, it's not really going to change anything. So maybe you should not make yourself miserable by using every ounce of your uh, ability to do this. But then also it's like, if I hire someone who is good on camera or even has potential on camera, which I've, I've figured out a bunch of people at this point, like our fucking team, probably have like eight people on it realistically and some of them get way more views than me realistically on their podcast and that's like if if it takes me you know a day on average to like find one good person i mean that that just yields so much crazier fucking dividends over time 
So I'm really, and, and just hiring people in general is like the most important thing that I've always kind of like pushed off because I was spending so much of my time doing interviews. So I'm trying to like actively, like I notice when I, I'll have a day where I have three interviews planned and then for some reason two of them cancel. So I only have to do one and I get to spend a lot of time with my team. And then all of a sudden it's like, that just is, gets me so much further ahead. Or another example would be like our Instagram. Like we make six figures a month off our Instagram from just selling posts to rappers who want their music promoted or yep. whatever. And when we started at Instagram, I never would have imagined that we would have made any money at all from it. And now we find ourselves in a position where, you know, like it just makes sense for me to keep hiring people to keep the Instagram lively and keep growing it so we could charge more or get more posts or whatever. Like just getting, getting your social media shit going early is like, there will just be rewards that come from that that you, you would never expect, you know? I, I see so yeah. many parallels between uh, the industry that, I don't even want to pigeonhole you necessarily to like the rap industry as a whole, but like even uh, your ancillary interests, like everything that you're kind of involved in, I see so many parallels between that and poker in the sense that you largely picked arenas that lack media, mm, right? Yes. Like rap coverage for the longest time was just this late night show on MTV hosted by Fab Five Freddy called Yo MTV Raps and then like XXL or uh, you know, a couple other maybe uh, the Source, the, the source yeah. Magazine and a few others. But outside of that, like it was such a niche culture that so much of, uh, you know, the older baby boomer generation was backlash against. And, you know, there was just no media coverage whatsoever. And they kind of went through that stale period until the technological revolution of like the, the early to mid 2000s. And at that point now, you just have a bunch of independent sources. It wasn't like some conglomerate popped up out of nowhere and started taking over this industry, at least not that I'm aware of anyway, right? So now an independent source, like, you, like do you consider yourself to be a bit of a news outlet for, for arenas like this? Yeah, and if anything, I'm trying to get more serious about the news shit. I wanna like have like an actual blog so that we can like do more in-depth writing about the stuff that we're covering on Instagram. And I, just, I keep hiring people to help us do more like actual journalism. And I keep trying to like push my team of be like, when a story comes out, like we just don't wanna be the people who are reiterating the same bullshit because you see it a lot now and i don't know if this happens in poker so much but in rap it's like the fake news is so much more appealing to people that these yeah. these rumors will just get going so fast and you'll see like actual credible media let's just jump in on it and it's like a lot of times like like for an example there was this whole thing roddy rich got shot at they tried to take his jewelry in miami while he was out there and I see this and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta post this right away. I gotta, I gotta get this to the team. We gotta do a post about it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna call his manager. I call his manager and he said, no, somebody else got robbed like down the street. It had nothing to do with us. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there like, well, that kind of sucks because now I'm not gonna get any views on this. You know, like, well, the, the correction, that could be the post. And, you know, yeah. we're bringing something to the table by posting the correction, but it's like, right. you know, if I had not called him, we would have just got a bunch of views off it, which is right. like, the incentives are all fucked yeah, but it keeps up. You, but, nah, but it keeps you real though, because some of the heat that people got from like uh, some podcasts, so like for example, like the Fresh and Fit Pod, like was <laughs> exactly like, like people were like they flamed them because they thought they were fake and like they were doing shit. Um, I hope that they're not under your team. I don't know. I don't know what your I, team. I, I've hung out with them. I fuck with them. They did their first like real interview with us, I think. But yeah, they're yeah. But basically, like people are like, there. oh, like these guys are like they're not real. Like they're, they're putting on a show for the camera. And I think with your pod and your image, like people, like they fuck with you because they feel like you're real. Like you're, 
even just like not taking the, the clickbait is is like oh I, I could just call call someone instead of like taking the easy route you see what i'm saying yeah no i aspire to do a, a better job of the news stuff in general because i mean something like uh rihanna and asap rocky they broke up because rocky fucked a member of her of her design team just some random guy tweeted it and the whole internet <laughs> ran with it <laughs> and it was just not not true like there was like no fucking truth to it at all I mean, there's probably a bunch of people I could have called, but I wasn't thinking about it that day, but like somebody on our team posted it, rumors are going out saying this, yada, yada. And it's just like, I mean, people should hold themselves to a higher standard. That's one good thing about <laughs> poker though, is that everybody tends to be a little bit more intellectual and is less likely we to like- We err way too far on the side of caution. Like exactly, all the shit yeah. that's coming out right now with cheating, I don't know how closely you've been following it. Very. Um, <laughs> sadly, I don't you know why. You make a no jumper post about it's, it. It's so in your face, it's hard to not. I mean, it, it, it is. It's tea, right? It's clickable. It's it's very uh, a hot button issue. And it's but the thing is, is like Christian and I, we we've been podcasting for this is going on probably our third year or so. And for a long time, it was just a weekly thing where it was just us, and we would bring up these issues all the time. But we were doing it with like this insider information where it was absolutely condemnable to release names or at least it was negligence, right? Mm. To release names in any way, shape or form where all you have is secondhand information. So we would just talk about it loosely and we would get so much fucking blowback because to everybody else, it looks like we're the ones poo-pooing on the industry saying like, you shouldn't play online poker, scare all the wrecks away. Like, fuck this game, it's dying. Like we're, we're, the, old, we're the old guard that's kind of just like shitting on it and saying like, it's over with. But really all it is is that like we have a lot of we're privy to a lot of information. And so like when a story finally breaks, it sucks mm. because in one regard, you don't get to be the person who's breaking it. And even if you are, it looks like you're doing it just for the clicks. And it looks mm. like you're hanging on to the storyline just to stay relevant and have people pass through. But it's like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. This is the last thing I, I'm here to kick it with six of my friends and like talk shit and you know talk about tinder nightmares and things like that because that to me is entertaining and like that's what this is really all about but you can't pass on something when it's like the guy who's number one on the all-time money list was potentially running like a 10-person stable where all the money's funneling up to him he's taking rake and he's like executing against his horse you have to talk about that shit yeah i mean the apostle thing was probably the last time there was something this big yeah. right yeah and I, I mean i came home from work that day like exhausted and was still like looking at my YouTube feed, like, oh, I gotta pick between Berkey and Doug. Who am I gonna listen to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up watching both, like a fucking loser. But. <laughs> yeah. No, that people do say that though. Even they're, they're like, man, there's. I just watched one and then the other, and then it's like the other, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, well, watch us first. It's, like, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the sad truth is that there's very little positive that can happen in our space that would garner this much attention. And the only negative things that are going to happen are going to be theft, cheating, or death. And it's like, that's a really shitty thing to know that like the majority of your clicks, if you are out here doing it day in and day out, is going to be in that regard. Yeah, yeah like there's no real feel-good story that can kind of reach the same amount of audience and exposure as something like this. People and are it, winning something every other day, too. Exactly. So it's Think about Vanessa fucking had the whole thing with Dan Bilzerian and then wins $1.5 like a week later. Yeah. And... I mean, how far did that story travel? Like, I thought it was pretty great, but you know, it's not exactly something that you're gonna do a two hour podcast about, right? You know? Right. Yeah. You can't. 
That was a great storyline. That's yeah. like the best storyline I could think of. They should make a movie about that. The best thing you have is a movie about this thing. It's like, there's got to be something better. Right. That, right? That's kind of like the problem. Even like when Doug challenged Daniel heads up, like Daniel's one of the biggest names in all of poker. By far, he has the, the largest social media platform of anybody in poker, right? So uh, he has the most reach. This kid comes out, he beats him for a million straight uh, and then whatever side bets they potentially have. And it's like, he was... He was literally going around DMing anybody with a podcast saying, like, I'm willing to talk, I'm willing to be on, willing to be a guest. So it's like he has to, like, manufacture his own fucking victory lap because we are that jaded and care that little. Yeah. It's like after 24 hours passed, that was yesterday's news, man. We don't care. Yeah. That shit is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, like, like, I have that problem where I have a lot of friends who they like gambling, they like playing craps or whatever. The idea, like, I have such a hard time even comprehending how to explain poker to somebody who doesn't actually play because oh, it's so hard. I feel like yeah. I alienate them so quick when I'm like, no, you're not supposed to raise that hand there. And they're like, what? Like, I'm, I'm playing the game. I'm having fun. Like, that, like <laughs> yeah, that idea alone. It's that, like, like no, there's can't. a right and a wrong way to yeah. play this, and you raising that hand there is bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. Right, like doesn't sound that fun to a lot of people, right? Right, like yeah. once you start quantifying like mistakes, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Like start I can't about percentages. Right, I can't do this. Like, what do you mean I can't play the hand I want to? Like, why is that bad? And you tell them why it's bad, and then they hit you with like, this is well, my I, style. But yeah, this is what I do. <laughs> like, I know I can get away with this. And That's start... also kind of the problem that we face, uh, being like some sort of outlet for entertainment or news or whatever the case may be, is that the secondary version of the most clicks that we can possibly get is to cater to the diehards. So if we do a strategy episode on high stakes poker, we'll blow it out. But the problem is, is that we've now segregated the audience between the people that are scalable, right? The people who are in their entry level in their journey or like are just hobbyists or find an interest in the personalities in poker. We push them right away mm -hmm. because we're talking about frequencies we're talking about sizings we're talking about all these little nuances that it takes years to really get a deep comprehension of mm -hmm. and we nail the diehards but the diehards aren't loyal they're also watching you know what i mean like they're, they're just floating around space to space and eventually if you stick around long enough they'll just grow to hate you mm -hmm. so it's just like this weird proposition where the growth within this industry it's so clearly at least it's clear to me the growth is within becoming the media platform right mm. taking over that space as much as you possibly can but it's like this double-edged sword where it's like okay you're also just going to be a tabloid to some degree and then secondarily uh you know you don't have any journalistic integrity like mm. it's not like that's our background or anything along those lines so now we have to find like human resources or not human resources uh, human interest speech. pieces and freedom of speech is a right to everybody well, we, I mean, we have that again. Elon bought Twitter. Now we have free yeah, speech again. That, that's, that's somewhat we're true. Uh, <laughs> it's a right. Also, he's going to buy Coca-Cola. Put yeah, the cocaine back in. put the cocaine yeah, back in Coca-Cola. Coca You're joking, right? No, 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 said he was going to fix all the ice cream machines at McDonald's and Elon, <laughs> Elon retweets it. He's like, I'm no miracle worker, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that was much. happening today while I was playing and it didn't even like, it wasn't even enough for me to send it to somebody because at this point, his crazy tweeting is just kind of like, yeah. So yeah, far, he's, you know? yeah, for his age, he's next level meme culture. Like yeah, he's true. really on top of it. Loves me. Because all Sometimes these like Silicon little... Valley CEOs, they all 
get rich and don't really seem like they have that much fun with it. And right. he seems like the guy who's like, oh, I've made the most money I could possibly make. I'm going to date fucking Grimes. And I'm going <laughs> to, you know, like, talk, like, it seems to me like he's, like, doing weird drugs behind the scenes. Oh, and for all sure. Shit. Absolutely. Bro, I interviewed a girl who fucking, her, her OnlyFans thing is that she pretends to be a dog. And, like, her, her dudes will, like, walk her around on a leash and shit. And she loves it. Like, Isn't this the, is, her boyfriend a poker player? Whoa. Not that I know of, although there might be a couple <laughs> wait, 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 of dog girls out here. This. You told me this. Yes, I've seen this. Uh, fuck. Who is it? Someone know. on Hustler. I don't know, but we need to have him on the pod, too. You well, said, I think there's more than one, so that's actually <laughs> awesome. I don't, think, I don't think the guy's a poker player, but that's amazing oh. if there's a couple of them. There might be a few, yeah. You're outing the other guy secretly. Well, anyway, some girl randomly told me that Elon Musk fucked her, so that really blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> He's really living life wow. out here. God damn. But yeah, he's having a good time, dude. Like, I mean... I don't know. I, I still can't really like wrap my head around what he plans to do with Twitter because it's like I know. Like he said he wanted to turn it into a public resource. Like that's that's not what you get investors to buy something for, right? right? Unless the investor is just him. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna allow more crazy stuff, like you're gonna be able to misgender people and stuff, and like that doesn't seem like a recipe for getting more money for ads. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what the fuck the plan is, but Yeah. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's all kind of fascinating to watch unfold. I, I do have this weird trust in him that I probably shouldn't, that and is. he doesn't deserve. Yeah. Nah. Same, same. Oh, but, like, yeah. for some reason, I just feel like he's the most responsible of the just billionaires. Believe I don't just trust believe him. in it. I don't trust just believe in him. Because uh, if he was a poker player, you would love to invest in his career. You're right. Because he clearly has, has performed so well at everything he's done. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be the winningest poker Bro, player. He would, get in the sickest, <laughs> he would get in the sickest games for sure. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But but just something about him makes me think that he cares more about pushing the envelope of uh of like technology and finding ways to hack I don't want to say truth necessarily, but like uh reality and like an augmented reality that's much closer to what we believe to be fair. Mm. Uh it seems like that goal and mission of his is stronger than any impulse to just be an overall Overlord uh, of eating, social you're media. You're drinking the Elon Kool-Aid. Yeah, bro. Just I'm just saying, if I have to pick between him and Zuck, I'm fucking all oh, yeah. in on Elon. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Zuck that's just seems like a goddamn that's an easy sociopath. One. That's an easy one. Bro. Zuck yeah. is literally an alien, so yeah. that's that's an easy one. Wait, wait, wait. So let's go um, Bezos. We should get Elon on the podcast. Yeah, Bezos. Okay, if you have to trust with I, your life, yeah. Bezos or Zuck. Oh, Bezos. Yeah. I wouldn't trust Zuck with my fucking dog. I wouldn't trust Zuck with anything. <laughs> you wouldn't Zuck trust your dog with a lot of people. Zuck or Hitler. Ooh. <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, Zuck, but like, I think Zuck's more powerful than Hitler, which is scary. Hitler's dead. If so. I needed someone to protect That's true. anything, I'm taking Putin. Like, bro. Zuck or Putin? You're, you are part of the fucking dark side, that man. Dark side is fun. <laughs> Have you met no, Christian no. dark side? He's the richest person without. Bro, you, you're just yeah, always like. Yeah, but he's like, not gonna help who's you. Who's the sloppiest motherfucker that I know will have my back? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> why do you, how do you know he's gonna help you? Yet I'm here with you. It's, it sounds like we should. <laughs> I'm the angel on your shoulder to to counteract all the fucking devils that keep piling up. But anyway, Adam, did it, you know this was a porn house? Uh, <laughs> porn? Yeah. yeah, no joke. So we rent this place, right? Uh, really funny. I don't want to blow. I don't want to blow up his spot. But one of my, one of my friends, he comes in. He goes, "I've seen this place." <laughs> minutes. Google searches and pulls up like all these naughty America porns. One girl's like getting fucked in the dryer. Another girl's on our island downstairs. I'm like, God damn, this place is disgusting. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. But it makes a lot of sense. Like the way that the the loft is structured, like it's perfect for production. 
Yo, the floor is kind of squeaky. Yeah. yeah. It's a little shaky. <laughs> that kind of like comes to mind. It out. It's true. Yeah. There was a bed against this wall. Yeah. Uh, it, it's oh, like so weird, too. Floor. Like, it, when you watch the set, this entire upstairs is just empty with like a bed <laughs> and like floral colored walls. Well, there's a and nice then like a lighting. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I, I, we rented out a porn house one time to film something, and it's like every different room you walk into is like a different world there's like Whoa. a like a oriental massage type thing there's yeah. like a burger restaurant there's a fucking <laughs> every so different thing is a different world yeah, that's yeah. what i wanted to do this place only you know not for porn i wanted to have like every room be a set of sorts right so like up here would be for the podcast <laughs> like right below it would be for poker out loud right adjacent to that would be like for the academies that we run but it's just hard man it's expensive the Sus. sound yeah, the sound is brutal. That's got to be a tough part. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, obviously, this place isn't soundproof. I get notes on every or single porn episode. Did it? What? Porn could figure they out. They don't the care sound. about sound, man. Well, but they're probably not filming multiple scenes at the same time, right? Nah, and, I don't know. They yeah. don't care if there's a little echo when someone's squealing, like. Oh my. You know, not that important. You know, I, I heard about a dude who had to reshoot a fucking porn because once they had already shot it, they realized the dog was running around in the backyard. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and that's like, and I'm like. I never thought about it, but that does make sense. Like, I would never be able to jerk off to something where there's a fucking <laughs> dog in the background. True. Yo, that's nuts. I don't see the problem, man. My pups have seen way too much. Yo, come on, dude. You guys being scouted bared witness. I'm Landing just saying. The voice of reason right there. I'm scared. You can let them out. I'm terrified. You know? No, they. No, they'll scratch at the they, door. Yeah, they'll scratch they'll at the scratch door. They want to be a part of it. Rudy's the same way. He, he wants to lick my hand and give me oh, comfort. Come on, man! <laughs> this is not a sex support animal. He's, he wants to be there for He's emotional all... support. Jesus Christ! He's like, "Are you all right, Mom? <laughs> Why do you make those sounds like that?" Yeah. Damn, uh, Landon's so uncomfortable. So double down. What has the OnlyFans experience been like for you so far? Right, Other so, than raking in infinite money. Right. Uh, so when I met my girl, um, 2016 or 17 or whenever I met her, right away after we met, she said, do you think I should do a private Snapchat? I said, what is that? She's like, basically, it's like people can pay five bucks and then I'll post dirty photos on there or whatever. And I was like, who the fuck would ever do that? And I'm like, you know, a lot of people had the reaction like Pornhub is yeah. free. Why would anybody that be giving you $5 reaction. a month? Yeah. She signed up. She made 30 grand month one, uh, which is gone up a lot since then to say the least but uh you know she she was just grinding it out like just doing this stuff kind of figuring it out with only fans and stuff and like meanwhile i'm doing the no jumper thing and i'm really like pushing her like you need to figure out how are you gonna make it like a real business out of this so even in the beginning she was signing girls and sort of managing girls shit and like helping run their careers and stuff which she kind of fell back on for a while but then uh pretty much like right before the pandemic we started to kind of conceptualize this idea and, and needless to say like i just started shooting with her and just doing stuff and kept getting more and more comfortable doing stuff on camera and realizing that people didn't really like care as much as i would have assumed that they would that like you know it, it is weird sometimes rappers will just bring it up and i'm like all right that is something that They're probably like, hey, i love your work it seems like that. a big deal <laughs> no, I, was, I was doing cardio the other day and this fat fucking lawn care guy you know, he, he goes you a pimp man this guy's weird. seen my dick well, that's great. <laughs> but, but there's this guy vitaly who uh was like an og youtuber and he yeah. had a site called vitaly uncensored that i don't even know if it still exists because he has some crazy lawsuit now or, or criminal charges where he 
attacked a woman by jumping out of a bush or something. Oh, but uh, <laughs> the company he was working with that was helping him do this site, which was basically like him doing pranks where like mm -hmm. the girls would be naked at some point or like the top would come off or whatever, which is so stupid sounding to me. But he said he's making all this money doing it. The company that he's doing it with starts talking to me about it. They're trying to push us to go in like this sort of, you know, oh, the girls will show their nipples at some point or whatever. And like <laughs> me and my girl are just having the conversation and we ended up landing on the idea of like, a podcast where we fuck at the end of it. <laughs> and I just okay. didn't, I didn't feel like we could get to a better idea than that. Like people yeah. pay for podcasts all the time. Like, you know, extra episodes on Patreon or whatever. People obviously are comfortable with paying for <clears throat> porn on OnlyFans and stuff like that. So we just kind of dove in and just started shooting episodes and then she got pregnant. And so that significantly pushed back our timeline with this. But I think we've been live for like five months and we dropped one episode per week and a large percentage of them have been us having sex with the, the girl but we just did our first couple episode where it's like a couple that works together and we interviewed them together and then they filmed together and a lot of times i'll have uh like male porn stars now who they'll do whatever with the girl we had a girl lose her anal virginity after the interview the oh. other day with a male porn star oh. and uh yeah, it's definitely been significant. Honestly, this is kind of uh, this is very Howard Stern esque with the ability to actually go the whole way. Yeah, right. Like what he conceptualized in yeah. words. Yeah, you guys are kind of like just fulfilling. Because I grew up on that shit, and I used to think that the queef contest was the most brilliant thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> you know, but at a certain point, Howard like decided that porn was bad and that he didn't want to associate himself with this and like you know for me i don't really i don't have any of that like, i think it's great it's like, crazy because I, re I have such a strong recollection of like so much jenna james on howard stern and, and so much of like the old guard with regard to the porn industry and he was so intimately fixed with them that's a great point that people don't talk about that he was a huge factor in kind of like mainstreamifying porn which now even over the past like five years like i don't think people talk about that that much is has happened so much is so much more normal for somebody to do porn when i started interviewing porn stars people acted like it was the most fucking heretic thing you could right. ever thought of to interview a rapper one day and interview riley reed the next day right. whereas to me i'm like she is a young person making a way for herself in this world she's an interesting person to me why the fuck would i not want to interview her you know right. like and especially at that time and even now to some extent i feel like people just don't do smart porn interviews where you actually yeah. try to get to know the person mm -hmm. and I mean a lot of these girls not a lot some of these girls are not really that, that full of depth like there's not that sure. much to know you yeah. know like a lot of the girls are young or just kind of like whatever they don't have a lot to say but like I mean also we have really really amazing conversations on the podcast and stuff and yeah I'm I, like with the plug talk thing though I think of it as like a a real I want to build it out into this real media company and we have a bunch of different products per se of like different styles of video content that we're working on and like all this kind of stuff that we want to do like I, I just feel like when I look when I looked at hip-hop when I started doing podcasts my my thought process was I'm listening to Joe Ro uh, Joe Budden talk to his co-hosts about rap every week Combat Jack was like my mentor at the time who actually like co-signed me and signed me to his network at a certain point. But he was someone I was looking at like, oh, you're interviewing all these old school rappers and like pe people from the 90s and shit. But I got all these like 19 year old, 20 year old kids around me that are like, I know their music videos do millions of views, but nobody's like taking them serious enough to do an interview with them. And th some of those were like the biggest smash hits. And same, same thing with the porn thing kind of like, I just feel like there's so much money being left on the table in terms of that kind of content that it's just 
yeah, I, I'm just like hiring people as quick as possible. We only have one employee on that right now, but we're trying to just like build that team and just, I, I feel like there's infinite shit that we could do under that umbrella. Yeah. That's I mean, so I'm, I'm like super fascinated. Did, every, did, did nobody catch how good that name is? Which, plug talk? Plug talk oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really, <laughs> that's really good. My girl is Leno the plug. Yeah. Um, which is uh, almost kind of weird because then sometimes people think it's like her thing or that I am just like there once in a while or whatever. It, it's 50-50. Yeah, it's yeah. with us. Which it's is, so it, but it can wild. be kind of odd. It's so wild to me how much money there is in this space when things are... So that was what this... I was going to say. Like, what, what fascinates me is you've taken two things that are free. Podcast and porn. Hmm. Uh, but they're billion dollar industries and you're finding ways to scale. How, how sustainable, like how scalable is this industry as a whole like when i could just go to a website and watch for free yeah but once you really get in the game and that's one thing about porn fans and if you go to like the porn convention or whatever you will see the porn fans and you'll realize that they are a fucking thing like they <laughs> wow, are out there the with their phones with filming everything and like by the way uh, one of the best times of year to be playing poker is during mm, the abn awards oh, that's a great when idea. is that yeah. uh january Okay. Right? January, yeah. yeah. Wow, we should go to a porn Rodeo also yeah. coincides I'm with the we're gonna do a I would love shit to film year. Landon's journey at the That's one of the greatest ideas. I'm sure. We're going. We'll put a GoPro on his head. <laughs> and it'll be pointed at his face. So it's like, like the, a heartbeat the react monitor. cam. Yeah, and yeah. a heart rate monitor. My heartbeat's going through the roof right now thinking about it. There's, <laughs> there's so many funny things you'll see. Like the number one way that you could tell who a male porn star is, is that they don't have a shirt on. Uh, like they'll just be wearing jeans. Like if I was in there and I took my shirt off, everybody would immediately like recognize that uh -huh. I'm a, a porn star There's the guy. one guy that has the alphabet on his leg. Yeah, that, guy? that could help. Great talent. We're not going to yuck your yum. It's okay. It's, yeah. he's, he's great. I think they call him... The uh, man. <laughs> I forget, but the, he's he's like a skinny string bean weird guy. Sure. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> so you, you spoke a little bit about the Joey pod, and obviously there was a huge fallout with Rory and Maul. Mm. How, how do you avoid those things with your team as it gets bigger and bigger. I mean, it's weird because if somebody really blows up, you kind of just assume that it's going to be very difficult to keep them on the team, you know, especially like, like that's a good thing about my shit though, is that a, a major, like one of the guys who gets the most views on my channel is a fucking reformed pimp. I don't know. I don't know if he's reformed. He might still be a pimp. <laughs> but, For all intents and like, purposes, he's, he's reformed. I, I, I mean, I could very much imagine that like most podcasts would not really want his services because he's fucking, you know, got this backstory. And like a lot of the dudes like AD and T-Rail are like, they're gang members. Like not, they're not standing on the fucking corner, but like they come from that environment and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like a lot of people might not necessarily be able to contain all these different personalities but for me it is kind of weird at times where i'm like how the fuck am i going to maintain this and especially as it keeps growing but i try to like just really be like an actual friend to them an actual give them as much advice just try to really have their best interests in mind and like my attitude is kind of like you know if, if if you do podcasts on here for a year or two and then at some point somebody offers you a huge check that i can't match all right, like we had a great year or two together. Like I, I wonder though with the fans, like how much they'll be able to accept that though, because that might be a bitter pill to swallow when yeah. somebody just moves on, you know. Mm -hmm. But we haven't really got to that point yet. But yeah, that ha that's that's been happening a lot in the in the athlete uh, side of things. Like I, I think it was like, I am athlete broke off into, um, uh, man, what's the new one with 
uh, Fred Jackson and a few others. I can't think of the name of it, but basically they, they spent like their first few podcasts talking about like why they broke away from Brandon Marshall and everything. It's just, you know, name recognition. They, mm. they just get too big as a collective group that they don't need six of them anymore. Right. And everybody just does better as a, a two or three headed monster and competition. I, I try to be like super transparent about the money side of things. And it's like, realistically, if you end up being somebody that's making a fuckload of money, like I want to establish a contract or whatever that allows you to feel like you're really participating in that. Like, obviously I'm not in a position where I could ever be like, oh, you own 1% of no jumper or whatever. Cause we're so established in so many other ways. But yeah, there's definitely like, you know, I, I just feel like at a certain point, you got to be willing to really let them see a large percentage of the money. But then the problem is, is that like when you look at a lot of these media <clears throat> startups, they're not dealing with like they have investor capital. They're not dealing with the right. actual financial realities. The fact that you don't make that much money on YouTube, but then you look at it like, OK, well, how does Barstool pay their people so much? Well, they have a huge ad sales division. That we don't really, like we haven't been as good with that. We get ads sometimes, but it's definitely not like fucking Barstool where they can just blanket your content in ads. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, or even like Ferris and Rogan, I, I've heard of them charging like upwards of half a million to a million for an ad spot. Damn. Like Ferris talks openly about just Ferris, like Ferris literally does... turning hundreds of people away yeah, that are offering yeah. half a million for a spot. And it's like, oh, it's like large, uh, large duration contracts it's like you have to do like six months minimum yeah or else he just if doesn't you're rogan listen. i mean you can call your own fucking shots although at this point too, at this point yeah. yeah spotify like right. probably running that shit for yeah, him. yeah he so doesn't do anything yeah. think about how much more powerful that is to have like this right. insane ad sales team on your side as well but uh yeah i don't know because honestly though i've kind of gotten deals offered to me in the past couple of months where it's like oh that is the craziest amount of money i've ever fucking heard of in my life but <laughs> Also, like you're kind of asking me to do something that I think is lame, and I might really just say no because I just fucking feel like it. So, right? I don't know. Do you have any like long-term goals that you haven't yet reached or see yourself being a part of when it comes to the no jumper stuff or other things in that age? Oh, I mean, honestly, my goal is just to keep grinding it and just keep making it better. And mm -hmm. and I don't know, like I don't, I just don't want to feel like so many of the missteps would be doing something lame for money yeah you know like those opportunities are out there all the time and not not like one ad obviously one ad can be lame or whatever but i've had <laughs> sure. big ass contracts offered to me of like oh we're, we want to stream your podcast live on this platform and it just honestly feels like it would be like spitting in the face of my fucking youtube audience and like right. i just think it's more important to stay on youtube and i mean I, I might end up regretting that someday or whatever, but I don't I don't think so. I think Bro, it's crazy the way YouTube gets these strangleholds. Like they yeah. don't compensate, but also you stay fucking loyal to them because they're the number one search engine when it comes to video content. Yeah. But Mr. Beast was talking a lot about this where it's just like and he's in a different realm in the sense that like everything he's doing is pretty philanthropic so he doesn't really care about the but bottom line you're talking about when he was talking to joe rogan about it yeah 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 because that was a weird ass conversation where joe's like you could just get a huge deal from somebody and like rogan has kind of accepted the financial realities of this i mean he's right. in his 50s and shit and mr beast is like in his early mid 20s you yeah. know so mr beast is like no like i could keep growing on youtube like like that's yeah crazy. i mean that's he just views his YouTube vision is literally thing, just you know? like yeah. to be the jesus christ of of content creation he's <laughs> yeah. probably not that far removed and and he is playing 100 200 and i i was not invited to this game on sunday on hustler Ooh. and uh wow. I, I asked and they were like oh bro we already got too many people and i was just 
I've been trying so hard. He's he's played a bunch around town. Yeah. Uh, he and he's played a bunch of games that I've actually been in. Like I've taken his seat at certain moments where like he's left, I got the call, I went in, and it's like Beast was just here. It's like all I want him to do <laughs> is watch thirty seconds of Poker Out Loud and just like validate me <laughs> and then do it yeah or then just do it obviously but like i i think that like the idea is strong enough that he is somebody who's in for good content would be interested by it yeah you know no, I, i've been trying to get him to go and play on hustler for a while and then i guess they finally got him but uh yeah i mean i played like a twenty thousand dollar entry sit and go with like him and logan paul and ksi and all the biggest youtubers that was and fun it was like just the craziest thing ever and i ended up losing a fucking flip to ninja for and it had the most ridiculous it was second and third place get their buy-in back and then first place gets everything else <laughs> so i got second and was not that satisfied by it yeah, yeah me neither you, i had a, I laid small, a piece right yeah a small piece i, I was oh, sweating yeah, this right yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, was I, was, I was your coach. I was your coach. Yeah. I, was, I was your coach then. You want you want to know what he was? You want to know who he was bitching about? Not that you didn't win the thing, and not that like he didn't make money on the deal. That you he couldn't ghost for me? No, that he couldn't play. <laughs> that he actually couldn't play. He's like, man, look at this game. I'm no, like, come on, bro. Bro, this is not that. poker. Like these are just guys who have money bro, that like making me found a game to gamble in. <laughs> and bro, the money that those dudes were talking about just casually in the yeah. context of the game of like not the game, but of talking about their brand deals and all this stuff is like. It really, especially at that time, made me really feel like, oh, you aren't doing shit. You need to fucking grind. Get yeah. off your ass. Like, there's so much more shit that you could be doing for yourself. Like, every dollar amount I heard was, like, the most ridiculous so, thing I ever Talk heard. to me a little bit about that because that's something that uh, I, I can relate really closely to. So, you know, everything I know about you, you don't really have much of a business background, but you've built this platform at a bare minimum. Like, I, I don't know to what degree we can call it a full-blown business. Like, you would know more than me, but... Uh, what has that process been like? Like how much of your business education and acumen have you developed on the fly? And do you think that like you still have a lot of blind spots that could be better? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a business manager at this point who kind of like just helps me. Get, and I have a big legal team and shit who like yeah. so many of the deals I do. Like it, it's crazy when somebody gives you a deal and then you give it to the attorney and just be like, hey, make this better. And then we're going to bring it back to him, yeah. like, which I'd never done like my whole life in terms of negotiating. And then I've done that a few times and like, you know, just in our YouTube uh, network, you know, the, the, the attorney's just like, have you ever thought about asking them for an advance? And I'm like, no. And, he's, and he comes back and he's like, I got like a half a million dollar advance. So that's going to be really nice for you, like to be able to have <laughs> wow. a bigger cushion to create content with. And I'm like, I never in a million years would have thought of that. But my fucking YouTube network is broadband. So, of course, they have the cash, you know. Sure. And uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like I, it, it is tricky, but. I feel like I have enough like good minds around me at this point that anything that I don't understand is probably like gonna get taken care of. And then also I just have like a very strong intuition slash like I'm pretty much willing to learn about any opportunity that's being presented to what, us. What about like before blowing up though? Like, because obviously it wasn't always this, right? At mm. some point it was just you and a couple of your friends or, or a couple of people that you hired. Like what, what was that part like? Because for me, I find that I just seem to relish failure. Mm. Like it's just second nature to me now of like, I'm going to try some shit. I'm going to fall on my face. Right. Well, the, and then the I'm going to scratch my head. Falling on my face was the adpocalypse in 2018, I think, or maybe 2017 where I, uh, at that, I had got to the point where I was doing an iPhone vlog every day and grinding out these interviews. And I had a store on Melrose in Hollywood. So, uh, which we are 
about to open another store uh, in that area now. It's been closed for like two, two years or so. But at a certain point, um, that was my life. Every day I would go to the store, I would make this iPhone vlog, which I had no shortage of content because there's all kinds of freaks coming into the store, weird rapper wannabe people, and like not to mention the actual celebrities and rappers who would come in. I was just getting these vlogs that would get half a million views, a million views, whatever. And then I'm also doing the interviews. And around that time, my monthly income was like 40, 50 grand a month from just YouTube, which to me, as someone who, if you had asked me like a year or two prior to that, I would have told you that my goal in life period since like 2011 was to make 10 grand a month from YouTube. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm at like 50 grand a month and I, I could not see past that. And then all of a sudden the fucking apocalypse hits and it's like, oh no, that 50 turns into five. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, I have to figure out um, every other fucking revenue source. And that's when we started going crazy with the merch, started <clears throat> live streaming, playing people's music. When we started like uh, just really dipping our toes and doing a lot of stuff. And now the YouTube money has very much like stabilized and YouTube is pretty consistent for us and everything. The Clips channel, the Patreon, the Facebook, like we just have like a shitload of fucking very solid revenue streams for us at this point, which helps us weather certain things. Like for example, our CPM on YouTube was like 11 bucks and just recently was like six bucks. Yeah. Just dropped so significantly. Whereas like in a normal month, we would have been making like a quarter million and all of a sudden it's like 130 or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm so fucking glad that our business is like doing well enough that that's not a catastrophic blow. But I always right. tell the team that like, we can't do anything we should always be ready for our, our income to be cut in half. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you just yeah. have to be ready for that because so many of these things weren't here a year ago. And I hear about people getting banned off Facebook. And if that happens to us, like I just need to be able to not worry about it and keep it going. And like, so that sometimes like limits our growth a little bit where I'm just like very cautious because I've seen so many of these fucking revenue streams get pulled out from under people. What, yeah. what, like broke the dam because obviously it's never a shortage of ideas executing on good ideas is not really that difficult if you're a creator or you're uh the type of person who can get shit done but something has to move that needle to go from 10k a month to 50 to 500 yeah i mean but at that time like the biggest part of it was just me realizing like that this social networking game i'm playing I'm, every interview I do is getting me more and more fans and like I'm, I'm seeing it day by day where my Instagram followers are going up and every day when I'm making content just these numbers are just going up and it honestly wasn't until the fucking pandemic and when we got out of the store where I kind of like started to realize how much of my life had began to just completely revolve around content and it's like things that I was doing like oh it's 10 p.m. on a Wednesday I'm gonna go to this fucking listening party for some rapper just so that I can get extra footage of him and put it in my vlog and maybe be able to talk to him on camera for a couple of minutes because yep. the video will get more views. And at a certain point, like especially with having, and I had a kid during the pandemic too. So it's like, at a certain point I start to realize like, oh, I don't need to go this hard. Like I can't just orient my entire personality around doing the thing that's gonna make me the most money. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just like feeling out different things. Like, I mean, Facebook is the, the biggest fucking game changer financially for us in the last like year. And it was like, I just had this one dude bugging me, just telling me that he could make me all this money on Facebook. We were making like 20K a month. I finally fucking agreed, signed the contract with him. He 10X that in like a fucking month or two. Uh, and it's just like, you got a contract this is just through like paid Wait, time out. Whoa, <laughs> relax. You got a contract? I mean, I do hear about poker people doing all right on Facebook, at least getting signups and stuff. But um, we're so bad with this shit. We have zero paid, paid Sounds ads. Sounds like he has a guy for this. 
Oh yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> I, always, I, always, I mean, I think I think a little bit is just kind of like the way your mind thinks because people say like drug dealers are are run better business would run a better business than MBA people. Like with your background of like credit cards and whatever, like your mind probably just like finds a way to like hustle, hustle and, and make it happen and, and like do whatever you need and like and not get caught. Yeah, I was a criminal who had to adjust to business rather than being like just a, a, a business person who like eventually saw opportunities to commit crimes. Right. <laughs> White collar crimes. It's funny yeah. because I think the opposite is, is far more common. Right. And yeah. I'm glad I got that shit out of my yeah. system because I hear about people who have like big serious positions who then mm-hmm. can't help but like steal from it. And like, I'm, I'm like, wow, that's like so unbelievably yeah. short-sighted. It's the difference between doing it out of necessity and doing it out of, for like a desire for power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where eventually you just start to accrue so much wealth that the money doesn't even mean anything to you anymore. Now it's just about keeping score and holding over on other people. Mm-hmm. Where it's like most people who start off as like a criminal in some sort of regard, it's like they probably come from humble beginnings and like they were struggling to get by and this just was low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like either are excusable, but one certainly evolves much better than the than the alternative you and know? that's how i felt about poker too i felt like wow this is so much better than fucking credit card scam and like <laughs> the variance does not feel that bad in comparison <laughs> to the feeling of walking into a fucking store and feel, and wondering if you're about to have like cops fucking surround you right, right, yeah it just uh, sounds like you did a lot of stuff too um at the beginning and even so now like that have a lot of asymmetric upside we're like i guess like this first interview you did where it didn't really cost much for you to do to go to the thing and go to the bar and like have mm-hmm. it like take this picture, but the benefits of doing that are insurmountable. Right. Right. Where like it didn't cost you that much to even go there in the first place. Right. Because and especially I was in that BMX world where it's just hard to like do anything that like cracks that fucking ceiling. You know, it's exactly the same as poker where it's like there's a a lot of creators who get an okay amount of views consistently and almost nobody who can break out outside that right and then as soon as i got a taste for like the rapper thing and like started to like get that confidence about like because i just had such tunnel vision in the bmx world and at a certain point the same thing with poker i started to realize like all these companies are just marketing to the kids who already ride Mm. bmx bikes you know it's like there's just no growth in this unless you manage to be able to do something bigger and honestly i was having so much success with my bmx youtube channel before no jumper stopped uh started hitting like i remember i had my first viral video they got like three million views on the bmx channel and that was the first month that i cracked 10 grand on on youtube and then within like a month or two or whatever i was like my heart is not in this shit anymore i'm doing the no jumper thing like i just can't i can't uh balance doing the bike riding thing and the rap thing kind of to pick one i just had to pick one i'm like i love bmx riding since i was like 12 years old but i just know that i have like a bigger person there's a bigger future and that's such a sick pivot to like just see the higher ceiling and say like even yeah. if this is not necessarily my full passion like it will be I, and i just kind of realized at that point that like my passion is was not necessarily like just this one little element of the culture it was subcultures in general which is the same reason of why i want to know about fucking Bryn kenny who i did not even know that <laughs> name prior to all this yeah cheating, dude's you know? fucking toads it's like, because i'm yeah. so fascinated by just like how like, i don't know something about poker players in particular where i just like really find their personalities interesting because they're so analytical and like logical and that's mm-hmm. a big thing that bothers me in like rap uh conversations and shit is that so often people are just not arguing the same thing and the arguments are so bad and i'm just like bro why can't you just talk about the thing like (laughs) poker's pretty good at talking about the thing you know right yeah Yeah. okay well how about this for a merge strip poker out loud okay 
okay this this seems like uh, uh a plug cast <laughs> type of of a conversion plug here solve for why strip poker out loud okay the, the overlap between like poker players and porn stars like i don't know but <laughs> like <laughs> that would be, be really there. interesting gonna find out i'll there. tell you right now <laughs> nikki gotta be on there uh, there, there's a shocking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you get knocked out, you gotta go upstairs. No, Mickey. Mickey will be <laughs> here. That's the oh, final man. bust out. There, there's uh, either one of two things is true. Either there's a shocking overlap between poker and strippers in general, or somehow my Instagram has just curated a nah, liking. Nah. Conrad That's and you. I used to play with strippers every day. Like, yeah. I got a lot of girls who are like you. dancing on the side, hitting me up saying like, how can I get better at cards? It's like, wait, what? Yeah. First There's of definitely all, an overlap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because it's like, you've already chosen an independent path, but I would imagine that something about sex work feels limiting. Like the ceiling is probably relatively low, so is the shelf life. Yeah, but I mean, just doing it yourself, like that's what the weird thing to explain to people sometimes is like, I'm not, outside of the fact that I'm a fucking heterosexual male and that I like having sex with hot girls, I don't <laughs> give a fuck about making porn, you know? I'm just yeah. doing this because this is helping this business become a thing, and right. at some point I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm almost 40. Like, my girl's 30. She got plenty of years, I'm sure, left uh, doing whatever on camera. <laughs> I'll be happy to, to continue to do whatever, but I mean, the thing that gets me excited about it is just the idea of like building a brand and being able to do all these exciting things. Like I, I have shit I wish I could tell you about on camera that I'm so excited about that we're doing under that. And yeah, I don't know, it's just the idea of like being able to build teams big enough that these businesses can kind of have their own momentum that you don't have to be hovering over every day is like You're, you're officially exciting. an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, of, that's kind of what it is, man. Yeah. It seems there. more about like the process of building versus like the thing in itself 100 and i wish i had just figured that out earlier in my life because then i wouldn't have done the bmx thing for mm -hmm. 12 years straight <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah you probably don't get there without it right like because that was a true passion project it was but also like i i it, i became like like i moved to new york by the, by at the age of 22 i became pretty much the biggest most heard voice in the bmx world and i was just kind of like oh fuck i made it i'm making like i was making yeah. like 10 grand a month off bmx shit and i was just like i don't need anything more this is my life like i'm just yeah, gonna yeah. keep doing this and i'm gonna yeah. go out and i'm gonna hang out with my friends and ride bikes and make videos and then <laughs> kind of like around when i moved to la was when i realized like this shit probably is going downhill because the blog traffic is not growing it's kind of trickled off over the years you were seeing where like social media as soon as instagram started coming out it just started to be like the writings on the wall like this blog shit is not going to be that big a deal going right. forward there's you know? more digestible content so yeah. exactly like why do people need a fucking blog to go to anymore when yeah. you know they could just watch five second like, video i don't need it i go on youtube and i subscribe to a lot of the channels that i might want to see a bmx video from slash the algorithm does a good enough job serving up other stuff yeah slash i mean i guess i could have like created an app for the fucking tv for my website or whatever but i mean we, we had an iphone app which was like a really big deal for a while but yeah yeah, it just kind of like became clear to me that that was a, a dying market and that bike riding in general was kind of going downhill at that point. Said, was, what do you think about poker? Poker, see, that's the weird thing about it is that poker players love to fucking talk to each other and have these sort of like <laughs> high level conversations, but like nobody's in the dark about the fact that those aren't bringing new players in right. and that the best way to bring new players in is probably something that's way more ambitious and difficult to pull off and probably would be impossible with the legislation and everything but yeah. i mean i'm optimistic though because when i look at brad owen i'm just mm. like dude i mean this is a guy who 
clearly just speaks for the every man yeah. in poker and can get like half a million fucking views on his videos. I'm like, that to me right there alone proves that but poker's there's fine. There's yeah. something, you know? Yeah. I just yeah. worry that that's the cap, right? We just haven't seen anything grow beyond what Brad's done. And I'm not saying that like what he's done isn't impressive, mm. but it's like, you know, if we're capped at say 300K followers on YouTube and maybe a million or two views, mm. there's just not a lot to explore there. And don't get me wrong, Brad's crushing it. He just signed with WPT to be an ambassador. He's basically just like getting pimped out by a major uh, organization to run meetup games and get paid a very handsome sum to do so. So it's like he himself as an individual has definitely gone a path that everybody would love to replicate. Mm. He's found a way to monetize poker outside of just being good at the game, which is pretty impressive. My my quick kind of thoughts. Scales. Yeah, like. Well, you kind of saw with chess, right? Where chess didn't have that much views and started booming on Twitch and things of that nature. Where like, there is like a, yeah, like there's a, I think there's a pretty real possibility that like content creators or people with an audience already outside of poker start sort of jumping into poker a little bit and seeing where that goes. Cause like, if there's like content creator collaborations where like they have a lot of like a massive social media following that then do poker stuff with people in poker, like it doesn't make sense for poker to have more of an audience. yeah, Botez like Botez, and they did a content creators thing on Hustler. Now Mr. Beast and they some just others don't are need us as the problem. Us is like <laughs> us as is in, in the industry. Yeah, but we benefit from it. We benefit <laughs> from it, but like uh, not not quite as directly as, as we would hope, right? Yeah. Like yeah. so, Botez doesn't need us to get views within the poker space. Yeah, she can just show up, right. and so it kind of like isolates the actual industry itself away, and she just becomes like in another vehicle. Kind of like you know driving her own viewership For what and brand. It's worth, yes. like i've i've recently started watching this game called super auto pets it's just like a game it's like an auto battler and i get a lot <laughs> the, reason I, bring this up, the reason, reason i bring this up is because i've gotten a lot of like videos and content from other creators in the space that i never yep. would have saw otherwise we're like for poker and things of that nature like with the youtube algorithm sometimes like a that's video true. will just pop up out yeah, of nowhere true. how did you that's start true. watching super auto pets i just Saw the game on. I saw Ludwig playing I on stream. Super autist saw pets. Super Auto Pets super and autist started. Pets? No, autist. dude, it's a it's a great <laughs> game. I've never played this game once. I've only watched it. But this that's all I do is I. That's I actually used to do that with Rust the game. Yeah, so I've never played it, but I love watching the videos. Yeah, you need you need bigger channels and bigger people to elevate. It, like they have this conversation on other YouTube platforms. Like, okay, how do you grow your channel? It's like, well, you actually need the bigger channels to do well so that your video gets suggested right. to yeah. other other right. people. Yeah. So it's like if you have someone from slightly outside of poker adjacent to poker like like Adam Adam has like his own section mm-hmm. but now people that might they might run into Adam's It's uh, like cross referencing. Right, exactly. The doorway now, to the subculture. So we need Adam to do well and then maybe potentially come here and now all of a sudden they're like, "Oh wait, so Adam plays poker. I like Adam." Like let's let's fuck with poker now like it's that's yeah. cool like in the in the my time in bmx there was a time period around like 2014 where this random kid from florida named adam lz he starts a youtube channel he's into bike riding he's a fucking dork he's like he's, <laughs> he's like 18 or some shit he's like a real dork he would not mind me saying that because he's grown up a lot since then but you know he's, he's into cars and shit like that and he just starts he's a youtuber and he, all of a sudden he has a million subscribers and he's making videos with him going to the skate park with his friends and it's like it didn't matter at all that he wasn't the best bike rider and it seemingly didn't matter that he had like a really kind of corny, like 18 year old kid personality. 
it was the biggest growth spike that I might've seen in my whole time in BMX riding because you had one YouTuber who just has a gigantic following getting like a million views per video and him alone, his frame that year, like a, a, a bike coming to give him a frame or something, I heard it was the biggest selling frame that year over all these pro riders and stuff. And when I looked at that and I said, this is why BMX is not doing as well as skateboarding because skateboarding has just had pop culture looks over and over and over we have a ryan sheckler with a show on mtv mm. or a fucking jackass which came from right. skateboarding Rob and deer dick yeah. with fucking tony hawk just being tony hawk not yeah. to mention the tony hawk video game all these things that bmx never really got any of those looks well i say that just to say that like brad owen to me seems like that where it's like yeah he, he just i don't know what it is like he, he's cool on camera i don't really like understand why he gets 10 times more views than like a lot of the other guys that he kicks it with and stuff i mean i do think he's good on camera but it just amazes me how well he does but i do think that in a lot of ways with poker like aside from the legislation it just comes down to like individual social media superstars but the thing is is that if you had poker stars pushing poker in america and wanting to spend like 50 million dollars this year to make brad owen like the new dwan then that would actually be able to like make him a way bigger celebrity right. and they could take other players who maybe don't necessarily have the same like like having that money behind all these people would really change yeah we talk about that sure. all the time the, the golden age hasn't passed yet it may not in in my career span mm. because we just won't see that influx of money like negranu is negranu helmuth is helmuth ivy is ivy because they had tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars building those brands mm. and a guy like owen is grassroots he did everything bootstrapped right so sure he has the wpt behind him now and they're going to grow him somewhat but like nothing to the degree of what Poker Stars was doing for Negranu or Full Tilt was doing for Ivy. We just won't ever see that again. I mean, I hope we do. I mean, watching TV in the 2000s and it's just every fucking ad was for Full Tilt and shit. And yeah. I really? Mean, oh, yeah, bro, absolutely. it was insane. They were such good ads too. Yeah, yeah. and they were creating we were content out the ass like for fucking ESPN and shit because they just wanted to put as much poker on TV because it's super cheap content that they could run all night and we get decent yep. views yep. Wow. or ratings as the case yeah. may have been. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like wow. that just was... Wow. When you think about how much poker was like forced into people's consciousness through those mm -hmm. ads that don't exist anymore. Right, like I heard that these full tilt pros had ads and stuff like for TV and such. And me thinking about that now from being in poker at the time I am, I'm like, how is that even real? Like, how did these ads even get created surreal. in the first place? What do you mean ads on TV? There's no poker on but TV. But they're printing money. Like they're making so much money that of course you want to spend right. fuck low. And yeah, you're they competing were against all scamming. these competitors. <laughs> they were credit card scamming too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, uh, how much poker are you playing these days? And like, or are you playing mostly public or is this just like, you know, friends? kind no. of in a basement type thing. I, I don't exactly know what happens whenever you're that wealthy, but have a hobby. Well, but people invite me to private games all the time, but then they're like, yeah, pull up. And I'm like, oh, you guys play at night. Like, I can't, like, I, I get up at like five in the morning. I got a kid, like I got fucking, every day that I go into the office is just like, like I had a realization at one point that like, even if I could play poker like Michael Adamo, I should still do my YouTube channel. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, for sure. You make way more doing me, what you're doing. I should clearly just yeah. focus on the YouTube channel, you know? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I play on ACR, uh, like, I'll just every, like, 
maybe like once a month or like every like five, six weeks, I'll just like convince my girl like, oh, I got to study for interviews this week and then just play everything on ACR. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all built on trust. Yeah, I got to shout out the 60NL streets on fucking uh, ACR because a lot of times at night when I'm like watching podcasts and shit, I'll just be playing fucking blitz on there or whatever. <laughs> I, know, I, I go on Hustler sometimes, which like today playing 2-5 against the fucking win regs really made me like, oh, wow, I, I got to keep playing those games because yeah. Yeah. they're just the craziest games. It's so fun and it's great being able to rewatch your shit. I got to like clear more time and go play at Hustler and stuff because the, those live stream games are just so amazing in comparison to like pretty much anything else I could do. Just from like an environment standpoint too, which is yeah. more fun regardless of like how good the game is, so to speak, which right. even though it happens to be better, yeah. like the environment in a public game is not as great. And honestly, the fact they take your phones makes a world of difference because mm. when I was playing at the wind today, it's just everyone's just staring at their phone and yeah. it's just really zaps a lot of the fun out of it. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you finish a hand and then they're like, <laughs> no, because a kid sat down next to me who was a poker vlogger, and it took me a second to realize that that's what he was doing. Is yeah. that he's filming and then grabbing his phone and like yeah. writing what happened, yeah. in the hand. getting notes down. For and the then hand. I'm realizing like, oh, he's three betting me because he is gonna put me in his fucking thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if he loses this hand, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter yeah. because he can put me in the thumbnail. Right. Yeah, that's fact. Game recognized game, you know. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, we'll call it being a poker fan. Who do you find to be like? the most volatile personality type or the most hateable or the most watchable uh, from the outside looking in? Fuck, well, I want to shout out all the streamers that I really like watching first because uh, I have to shout out Jordan from BBZ because he is by far the person who like, gave me the most coaching and just helped me so much uh, in terms of like really like figuring out how to get better at poker. Like his help was just like unbelievable. So he's a big one. And then he has uh, Ape Styles and, and the guy Yargo, who I, I like watching both of them a lot. And uh, man, I was, but honestly, like, I'm a, I, like, I have a, weird, a real thing where I like come home from working my ass off all day and I just have to watch like a poker tournament or two, like a, a clip highlight thing from Twitch. I watch all, all in Pav, like, I just love his shit. <laughs> yeah. I love watching. These guys are all good though. Pav. Like, where's the guilty pleasure? Where, where's the train wreck that you tune in for? No, but I don't think I really look at anybody in poker like that that much. Oh, you're not looking close enough, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I follow <laughs> Poker Bunny on Twitter, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. I'm about to Will Smith her ass. Like, keep my name out your goddamn mouth. But she took shots at you, too. Oh, Every stop. day, man. Oh, yeah. shit. She doesn't even tag me. Wait. She'll just, like, talk shit and write my name in it. She th she uh, went at Garrett today. Yeah. yeah I saw I mean, that. She just wants the clicks. Like, she She's better than him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if you're 23 bald, these days, you I, have to be better than everybody who's been playing BFB, for decades. BFB, bald fraud Berkey. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I hate to even give it attention because, like, literally she's just doing it for clicks. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, this happens yeah. a lot in your industry where, like, people are clout chasing yeah. and they're just, like, they want to throw your name around. They want to throw your face around and thumbnails and shit like that to try to get the views. I had a friend who was, like, texting her and he told me, like, yeah, like, you know, she stopped texting me back. Like, I'm just, like... I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you gotta go this one your own. Yeah. <laughs> like, Quick question. Where did the 22 come from, from Adam 22? So when I was 15, I made a live journal, which was like before MySpace or any of that shit, there was live journal, which, and actually it had a, at least somewhat of a poker presence. Cause I remember I used to follow a couple of people on there who would use live journal as their like poker blog day to day. Uh, but I just wrote my name and then put two twos after it and then people started calling me it at school 
And I think like my like 16 year old brain was kind of like, oh, branding, like this is branding, like with a little butterfly. <laughs> and I was always like, oh, like that's better than Grand Mason. Right. Like, people will remember that mm-hmm. easier. This is better. And so then I just kept making that my screen name and I just always felt like it kind of worked. I never had to try to get people to call me if they just called me. It, but. <laughs> Pretty good number, I guess. Like you could have been worse numbers. I mean, it's not 11, but you know, whatever. I, sometimes people <laughs> ask sure. me and I just say some shit about, well, you know, I used to always have a gun on me when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, like, really? Believe in it. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah, I just fucking yeah, made it up, dude. It's in New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dark side back But then. people believe that when I say it, because it kind of sounds logical. Like, yeah. yeah. Depends how you say it too. You've got the conviction. You can, t- yeah. you can convince someone of anything. Yeah, that's real. Well, fuck, man. We've been at this for a while. I, I won't take any more of your time. I really appreciate you stopping in. This has been an awesome experience. Uh, so much more I want to pick your brain about, but I'm Anytime. not going to torture everybody. Maybe another time no, down yeah. the road. Anytime. And shout out to you guys because I really like the podcast. And uh, thank you for taking Landon in and giving him some direction in life and <laughs> helping him to stop punting his stack off all well, the time. You're not, you're not shortchanging that, man. He's, yeah. been, he's been a real... Uh, a real project, not yeah. poker wise. Poker wise, oh, he's right. fucking solid, but like you know, <laughs> raising him as a young man, <laughs> it's been a fucking chore. It sounds like it, man. But from the couch to the penthouse, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna have my his goal. This is no joke. He's been telling me this for like a year and a half. I bitch and complain about running this island of misfit toys, this house that I have where. <laughs> where everybody lives and his, his, his ambition is to somehow take this burden off my hands. He goes, don't worry, Matt, I'm just going to buy the house for me. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I, like, I didn't even know I wanted to sell it, but every time he says it, I'm just kind of like, I'm good with that. You take the deed. I'll be on my way to some little If the challenge somewhere. had gone a little bit better, you might be able Ooh, to copy damn, it. Oh, it always on that Perkins it. shit. He's yeah. like, it was a year ago. <laughs> it was a year ago, man. We'll figure it out. Man, <laughs> the day I saw Doug use you for clickbait, I was just like, damn, that's a dirty game, man. He made it. <laughs> that's a dirty game. Yeah, it's immediately a cool- hit play. All right. <laughs> I did too. Play it, like, subscribe. I did too. It's a cold world out there. It comes at yeah. you fast. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, it's been a great Thanks. interview. Uh, for those of you guys tuning in, we will be live again uh what next week monday Monday. yeah so we'll be back monday i think it's the first now the second um and we're gonna be you know right back in the shits five days a week i'm sure there'll be some other cheating i I stole it from you i'm not gonna lie Uh, (laughs) well i mean honestly it's been a goddamn shit show for the last three weeks so what else can you describe it fuck cox yeah (laughs) can we go live again jesus christ the upload speed today was like 0.6 yeah i was that that hurt my heart when i was hearing you guys talk about getting throttled i was like god damn it if they try to do that to me (laughs) yeah yeah i don't don't know we're dealing with monopoly here there's nothing we can do we're gonna have to like use we're gonna have to set all our phones down in the middle of the room and like turn on hot spots (laughs) (laughs) just have it ping off of one another until we can finally get enough upload speed Uh, We'll be back Monday. Uh, New episode of Poker Out Loud will be out Monday as well, so we'll tease that for you guys. Thank you guys all so much. Always uh, a pleasure. Please like, subscribe, comment. You know the deal. Get us a little bit of traction. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Peace.